0: You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit the thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more
1: welcome to season two episode 26 of the collected podcast i'm jess biondo and i'm tia mcnelly thank you so much all of you for joining us for another
2: episode of the collected podcast real quick before we jump into our interview with naeem Fazel, i want to remind all of you please subscribe rate and review we count on you to get the word out about this show and we are so grateful for you if you are a patron you're our hero. We thank you so much for being yes. on Patreon. We just dropped a new bonus episode over the weekend. So if you haven't, go check that out, patrons. And if you're not a
1: patron, what are you waiting for? We would love to have you over there in that community. And if you have a business or a side hustle or just anything you're passionate about that you feel like our community would be interested in, then you always have an option to become a sponsor on the show. Our audience is is made up of people who are just pursuing who they are in the Lord and um, walking in their identity and learning how to be rooted in that and how to live life to the fullest. So if you have a product or a business that would be good for that type of person, then our podcast might be the sponsorship platform for you. So you can email us at info at collectedministries.org and we'll send along all of that information to you and we can work with you to find something that suits your needs. Yes. Without further
2: ado, Naeem, welcome to The Collective Podcast.
3: Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Naeem,
2: you are a pastor. You're an author. You have your hands in a lot of things. What's What's the latest project that you've been working on?
3: The latest project that I've been working on? Uh, well, um, a couple of days ago, I just finished up an art piece. Really? Uh, so, really, paint. As well, so if you're thinking about that kind of project, that is the latest project. Um, That is
2: awesome. I did not know you were a painter.
3: I did, I didn't. In fact, I had a uh showing at one of the local uh um uh, uh, coffee places we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, uh, there's a place called Noda in North Davidson district, our district, anyway. So, supposed to have one in June, but it didn't happen. COVID. COVID.
2: It's the worst. It's the worst. Oh, man. But, you know, that reminds but, yeah. me. It's it's probably interesting as a pastor and a church leader dealing with everything that COVID is, is kind of throwing at Christians, at the church, at leaders. Um, so before you tell us a little bit about how that has been for you, I would love for you to give our audience a picture of your story, your faith story, your background, where you're from, your family, all that yeah. good stuff. Because it is wild and intriguing so we're ready
3: (laughs) yeah uh, for sure um so so i have uh two brothers two sisters and uh, early on uh we we were uh, you know my mom and dad are actually pakistani so um they're you know muslim conservative muslims uh and they uh they're actually first cousins and uh yeah really Yep. yep yep yep. (laughs) Uh, a little extra bonus for you here. Excellent. Yeah, and um, your so genetics got,
2: worked out fine, it seems. It worked <laughs> out
3: usually. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah, there's this one thing, but it's all good. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, so my mom and dad got married and then moved from Pakistan to Kuwait, and uh, I uh, I was born there. My two brothers, two sisters, uh, and I'm the second one, and we lived there uh, in a, again a Muslim context. Uh, conservative. It's in the Middle East, and uh, and it's different from uh, uh, Pakistan because Middle East, uh, Kuwait is um, uh, first world. It's not third world. Uh, it's a very rich country, but you're always an immigrant there. Uh, you can't really become a Kuwaiti. Uh, so uh, life there was, you know, you went to either public schools, so you're all in Arabic, or you went to a public uh, private schools. And private schools were either uh, Pakistani schools, all the international schools. So they were like mm-hmm. exclusive in terms of like they were Pakistani, Indian, uh, British, American schools, French schools, all, all of that. My mom had actually put us in an Indian school, which was kind of funny, uh, not a Pakistani school because she wanted, <laughs> yeah, she wanted a better education or something for us. And she really felt that Indians just do it right, man. They just do it okay. right. And uh, yeah, which was not the greatest thing, but that it did allow us to, uh, get a better education, honestly. And so that allowed my brother to actually apply uh, when he was in high school to the College of Charleston. I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. No, 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 to To a college in the U.S. Okay. To a college in the U.S. And he landed at Spartanburg Methodist University. It makes you know sense. That is? It's
2: really well known, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's not <laughs> yeah. at all. No. Not at all. Not at all. It's in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So... But we were so pumped that uh, and we had no idea what uh, Methodist meant. So we're like, hey, that's great. So we sent him, you know, here. And uh, so he's about four years uh, older than me. And so he was the first one to leave, went there, came to uh, Spartanburg Methodist in the U.S. We were so excited, but then came back and told me uh, the next summer that he was a Christian. And... Oh. And he was going to tell mom and dad and that he was a follower of Jesus and all kinds of things that actually just uh, made me extremely angry. And uh, anyway, anyways, he, his passion uh, created more tension and uh, anger and rage in me. And I threatened to kill him. I mean, it was it was bad. It was a bad scene one day. So I put I put him, I put him against the wall. I was on, you know, I was choking him. It was, it was just bad. Wow. It was wow. bad. And then he didn't, so he didn't tell mom and dad that summer. And then he just came back to the States. And so that was my first interaction with Christianity or anything to do with Jesus. And so that I didn't like him. I didn't want anything to do with him. And he was messing up my brother, my family, all of that. And so, yeah, my brother came here and then the Gulf War took place, which was 1990. And um, Iraq invaded Kuwait. uh, And then uh, people, all the foreign nationals started to leave. We actually stuck around. So we were there. Throughout wow. the whole invasion, liberation, uh, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, occupation, all of that, and uh, and in 1992, I got a chance to uh, uh, come. I had a choice to come to the U.S. on a tourist visa, and my dad was like, "Hey, listen, you know, you know, what do you want to do? Because the country's devastated. Uh, you know, you can start working here. Go back to school." At that point, I had lost a couple of years of education. Um, mm. And uh, he said, I can get you a tourist visa. I can figure it out. And then you just come and you can figure it out. Yeah. And Basically, the idea was just, they, you know, just don't come back. Mm. So, yeah, that's what happened. So that's what landed me to the U.S. And I ended up actually coming to Charleston, South Carolina, because at that point, my brother had moved from uh, Spartanburg to Charleston. And to the College Charleston, And, uh, yeah, I came there. And then um, I got introduced to him, his uh, his friends, and an organization called FCA. And, nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You guys familiar with FCA? Yeah.
2: Fellowship mm-hmm. with Christian Athletes?
3: Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And so, yeah, he was like, hey, you want to come? And I was like, not interested. And then he was like, hey, there's a lot of cute girls there. I was like, super interested. It's good
1: motivation. Yeah. I
3: know. I was like, yes, I'm there. <laughs> And so, yeah, I started showing up as a Muslim. And, uh, um, wow. and, uh, heard about the gospel, didn't really, uh, believe it at the time at all. And mm-hmm. just the whole, whole idea of uh, a God who, uh, is personal, a God who sent send his son, uh, all of those things, you know. And, uh, and then my brother was convinced that if I would ask Jesus to reveal himself, he'd actually do it, uh, which was so foreign to me because I'm like you know I grew up in religion which is you know like all the other religions there's just that things you do the rituals their practices their belief systems there's nothing real about it you know or sci-fi right. or supernatural or anything like that mm-hmm. but he was convinced that uh Jesus would actually show up wow and I'm like I don't know about that so um yeah so that led to uh, me actually one day uh, at an FCA, a pray, a, like not praying. I don't even know if it was a prayer. It was just me saying, "Hey, um, if this is all real, show me." And that was it. And then, uh, so I'll just fast forward. You know, I, that that three days later, it went to me in my room, and I uh, was trying to fall asleep. And uh, right, I was as I was about to. I felt like the the room had changed. It was just. It was, uh, I felt like I entered into a new dimension. I'm not quite sure what exactly was going on. Mm-hmm. And again, this is my story and this is pretty crazy and out there. And Tia, you know it a little bit. It's
2: amazing. Familiar.
3: Yeah. And so, yeah, so I felt the, 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 the room was just turning evil. I thought that death walked in. My heart started to race. My body was reacting to something that I really, really couldn't see or comprehend. And I tried to like, figure it out, but I was trying to get out of it or something, move, I guess. Something grabbed my shoulders and dragged me and pinned me to my pillow. And then something paralyzed my feet and sat on my feet. I felt like I couldn't move. I couldn't move. Um, wow. I started screaming. I couldn't say anything. Like, I mean, I could say something, but I, I found, then I realized like, oh, I can't even hear myself say anything. So uh, wow. so I just got louder, you know? So, <laughs> But not that I could hear anything. And then I was just fl- flipping out, freaking out, didn't know what to do. And then my brother was in the other room. So I was just hoping that he would hear me. So I just kept on screaming. And again, the room was like turning super evil, weird, just strange. And this door opened up finally, I mean, I mean the, the, door, the door of the room and uh, in walked this thing. And I knew, I don't know how I knew this, but it was like a demon. Um, mm-hmm. And in Islam, you know, we don't really talk about demons or jinns. Uh, a whole lot there's not really a, like a i guess uh teachings on that or theology mm-hmm. on that is you know so the parts of the quran are uh, are uh you know have the bible in them so there's a lot of new testament stories in the quran but the not the ones with demons uh, and all that you know mm-hmm. so uh anyways but i just knew this thing was was evil demonic but but I will ha- I will say I didn't know what it was like I said I mean mm-hmm. I, I knew it was a demon because now I know kind of thing but
2: yeah mm-hmm.
3: um at first I thought this was uh, this was th- at first I thought this was Allah oh uh, beca- yeah I thought this was Allah because I doubted and I started going to FCA wow. and I said a prayer and doubt is like the worst sin like wow. I grew up believing or uh, knowing. In Islam. So I thought it was Allah. And then instantly it was like, no, this is beyond Allah. Then I thought it was Jesus. I actually thought it was Jesus. I was like, really? He just ticked. He's just mad. He looks nothing like the pictures, but he is, (laughs) he is like, he is out to get me. And I said some horrible things about Jesus. I was like, this is not going to work out. So this thing started walking up closer and got closer and then it started uh, communicating to me. It was like, I'm going to kill you. Like you're going to die, things like that. And I'm like, first of all, how can I understand you? Second of all, I think I believe you. Uh, and third, I was like, uh, someone, is someone watching this? Is some, is someone else out there? Like, and so this thing starts well, you know, getting closer to me. Um, and man, I mean, I joke about this. I was like praying to every God out there though. At one point I was like, Allah, Buddha, Oprah, you know, I'm like, I mentioned them all, you know, like anybody, Beyonce, Beyonce, Kanye, whoever, man. Um, And it got closer. And I don't know if I saw, if I'm thinking this or what, but I thought of Jesus again. And then it got closer. It disappeared Um, Hmm. right before it reached me and whatever was holding me, let go. Found myself done on my bed, you know, just going, "What's what happened?" Trying to mm-hmm. process all of it, and going, "What?" And the room was still e- weird, and I was like, "What just happened?" Yeah. And uh, you know, and so I got got up and ran out of the room. Woke, woke up my brother, and I was like, "Hey, what'd you put in my drink?" And right. he was like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "What do you? What'd you do? What like?" And I told him what happened, and he was like, "Oh, oh, oh." And, uh, like I was hoping for him to say like, Hey, this is not true. It's not real. And he was like, Oh, this is all true. Wow. I'm like, what do you mean it's all real? He's like, I can believe all of this. I'm mm-hmm. like, what? Cause see, see, at that point I didn't, I didn't know anything about the Bible or, uh, a lot about Jesus. I didn't know about mm-hmm. him, him, his, uh, interactions with demonic forces. I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about anything. Right. So so he tells me this is all true. This could be real. This is real. And then he tells me what he believes that God's doing. And, uh, and I, uh, man, I just stop him. And, you know, because he's talking a whole lot about a lot of things. I don't understand. I'm still freaked out. And he just says, Hey, listen, all I know is, uh, that I only know one person who has authority over demons and angels. So, uh, and I said, well, all right, who is it? And he was like, well, it's Jesus. And I was like, well, all right, let's, let's do something. Let's just. Let's find that guy. (laughs) Yeah, let's get him over, invite him over, (laughs) follow him on whatever, you know, Facebook or I don't know. (laughs) We didn't have Facebook at the time. I think it was MySpace. Yes,
2: it's MySpace. It was MySpace.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, he was like, all right. And then he said, you want to pray? And I'm like, yeah. And he kind of talked to me about what I was getting myself into, you know, and he's like, all right, let me pray with me and repeat after me. And, And I actually stopped him. And I was like, hey, you know what? Let me let me do this. Let me just say something because I feel like right now, I don't know if I'll be real about all of this. So let me pray this. And this was like the very first time that I felt like I was praying in English uh, to uh, to a God that's foreign. Also, just know mm-hmm. that you know in Islam, you're supposed to pray in Arabic. So the prayers are all mm-hmm. in Arabic regardless of what your native tongue is. So my native tongue uh, is Urdu. So mm-hmm. I speak Arabic and, Engl- and English, uh, but Urdu is my is my first language. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I just prayed. I was like, Hey, you know, um, Jesus, I don't know who you are, so I can't say you're the Lord of my life. Just so you want, just so you know, and yeah. I can't say I love you because I don't know anything about you. So, that's where we are at right here. And so then he prayed for me, and I prayed uh, after him or Peter at, after him, and. You know, amen, amen, Jesus. And uh, we did the thing and he was all excited. And I was like, okay, uh, now what? You know? And uh, he was like, all right, man, I'll see you in the morning. And I was like, mm, nah, you know, I'm, I'm not going back in you there. tonight. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, I'm spooning you tonight. Like, I'm not going back in that room. And We actually had an argument about that. So no joke. And he was like, no, you got to go back in that room. You just pray to Jesus. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You go back in the room. And he was like, no, you just you know Jesus now? And I'm like, yeah, but I just met him. You know, I don't even know his last name kind of thing. Like, what? <laughs> like, you go back in the room. I'll stay here. And then he gave me, he gave me, I kid you not, I'm not even making this up. He gave me a Bible. He was like, hey, here, I got this Bible for you. Or you read this, take this, take this Bible, read John. It'll protect you. You'll you'll be fine. You just read this. You'll be good. He gave me a Gideon uh New Testament Bible the the <laughs> like I call them the the Bibles to go yeah you know what I'm talking about from the hotel the
2: drawer yeah no
3: no 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 not even that no, no it was the it was it's literally this big it's smaller oh, like a pocket Bible. It's like a Bible for hobbits <laughs> like the, the, the it's just New Testament yeah, that's all and I didn't even know I was like this is it I mean literally it's, it's like like a handy pocket Bible whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, is this the Bible? And he was like, uh, Well, it's part of the it's Bible, of and just you know, and I was like, Are you kidding me? It was like, Give me something bigger, like, so if I throw at a demon, it would actually hurt him, you know, or something. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I eventually went back in the room. I read the you know the Bible for a little bit, and I was freaked out, you know, the whole time. And finally, an hour into it, I was just like, I was just so frustrated, so angry mm-hmm. of why this was happening to me and I, it would only, it had only been three weeks since I've been to the States. So I'm like, what is going on with me? Life, my life, I'm just nuts here. I mean, I was going to be an art major. That was my goal. That's why I talked about the art thing. So that was my life. Like that's my thing. Yeah. And I was like, what, I'm not doing anything. I'm just trying to survive here, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyways, I put the Bible down, just ticked. At the world, ticked at God, ticked at all the gods, whatever. And I put the Bible down, and I I went, shut off all the lights for the first time in that room. Got into bed. I looked up, and I just said, "Jesus, if I die tonight, it is your fault." I don't even know why I said that. No idea. Feels fair. And then yeah, no, I don't, yeah, and uh, and uh, put the covers on my head, hoping that nothing will happen. And then uh, the next thing I know, something is starting to shake me, and I'm like, "Oh no, no!" And uh the next thing I know is, is that I'm sitting in my bed with my eyes open, staring into this presence. And, uh, and, and it says, I am Jesus. And, uh, and your life is not your own. And, uh, I mean, it was so strange because that experience, because it was like, I was looking at him, but I was inside of him. It was this strange, it was, it was like, uh, I literally was looking and then looking around, um, and then also he was extremely intoxicating. Like mm. I couldn't keep my eyes off of him, but I couldn't keep my eyes open. Mm. Like, like clearly oh, I was not like this. My body in this dimension was not ready for that.
2: Yeah, I couldn't. Mm.
3: I couldn't be in that for a long time. And I was like, I'm, I'm losing it. I'm going. I'm losing. I'm out. I'm. I'm gonna be passing out. I'm like. I'm. I'm about to pass out here. No. No. And I. I was gone. Wow. wow. And uh, uh, the next thing I got up, you know, the next morning, I, had, I felt like I had gotten a download. Like I was supposed to be. I was not supposed to do art full time. I was supposed to change my major. I was supposed to be in ministry. I didn't know what that meant. Um, and then yeah, I went to my brother. Told him. And uh, I said, "Yeah, here's the deal." So when I came to Christ, I found found like this purpose that I, you know, I I, that I think I was looking for more than, honestly, even forgiveness. You know, wow. Uh, and uh, so yeah, that launched me, you know, uh, jumping into the scriptures, jumping into what church looks like, what denominations are. Just you know, brand new in this thing, and then led to you know meeting Ashley eventually, and then getting married to her, and then uh, obviously found Seacoast first, which is a church that we landed at, Seacoast Church in Charleston, South Carolina. They came on staff there. Uh, then actually came on staff there as well and then did multiple things for them, was on staff full-time uh, for eight years. And then uh, they helped me launch, uh, start a mosaic church in Charlotte, North Carolina, about 14 years ago.
2: So, which is just a beautiful community. Oh, I mean- Thank you. Just adore mosaic people. They're oh, yeah. what a the just, best. A, yeah. Well done, very no, well done. Yeah.
3: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So, so I want to go back to. Uh, go ahead. Did you want? Did you? Was there? No, I've
3: been talking forever. I'm
1: like.
2: No, you're fine. That's the idea. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to go back to this moment with your brother when when you kind of stopped him before you prayed and you got super honest and you're like, "Look, I don't even know who this guy is." I'm not, I don't feel very sure about this, but I'm going to go with it because you, I believe you, what you're saying, like this is my only hope to not get eaten by demons when I go back in there. So I just get this sense that I want to say to somebody, Jesus can handle your honesty. He can Mm -hmm. handle the reality of how you feel and your doubt and that that's not too much for him and that he's still going to come after you and pursue you in that. Have you, have you, I don't know if that's an element of your story that has come up with people over the years. Um, since you took that, that leap to be so honest and just, I mean, you, you didn't even pretend in that moment. (laughs) You were just like, I don't really know this guy or anything about him, but I'm going to take a risk. So I don't know. Have you ever heard, or seen that play out with other people as you've discipled others?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've tried to, you know, I think, I think, you know, what the, I met, I met Jesus before I met the church, which Mm -hmm. is a very different uh, scenario for a lot of people. Mm
1: -hmm. And I
3: think its context is important. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I encourage people to just be extremely honest and sincere and be transparent because, if you're not, I mean, it's it's like, obviously I can see you. It's like, you know, a parent looking at a kid pretending. He's like, mm. sure, we'll go along with it. But I know I see everything. So it's just yeah. easier to to allow that uh, Jesus to just kind of know where you, are, where you are. I think being honest is more healing to oneself than it is for God relationship. Right. Mm. You know, so I think being honest with yourself and saying, I, I see who I am. And also, you know, that's the difference between, you know, the teachings of Jesus and all the other religions out there. Because you really have to uh, be a believer. You have to, like, also the term be a believer. I know mm-hmm. that Christians use that. But even that falls extremely short of what God is inviting us into.
1: Yeah. Because
3: you're not always a believer.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, that's very come true. On.
1: Wow. Yeah.
3: I mean, yeah. we're not. Okay. And what's funny about it is like, again, you know, me, I'm the, I'm kind of the outsider, right? So I've always been comfortable with being the kind of the immigrant to everything. So even in the States, like I'm a a U.S. citizen now, but this is my country. And so even Kuwait's not my country because I've lost citizenship there and the country I'm supposed to be a part of, I've never lived there. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm used to that. I think like when it, so that perspective just coming into Christianity, even the term like I'm a Christian. Like, just think about that. Like, like, um, really? Uh, If someone were to say, I'm a Christian, I don't say I'm a Christian sometimes or a lot uh, because I'm like, I'm still kind of trying to get there.
2: Right, right. Like, as in,
3: like, what that actually means, like, I am Christ-like. Really? Mm. Well, I wouldn't say that. Right. So I don't even try to call myself that. I mean, someone else should. Other people should call me Christ-like, which is a great compliment, but I'm not gonna do that, right? Because I'm, you know. So I think, like, I think, like, if we don't stop making people, if you don't, if you don't condemn people for not being perfect or being, uh, you know, undone and still getting there, I think Mm -hmm. if we, if we try to convey the gospel as in, you say this prayer, you do this thing, you're gold, you're done. You're in, you're mm-hmm. good. It's not necessarily true. I mean, yeah. again, I mean, if we worry about destination, that's mm-hmm. one thing, you know? And, but, the, you know, it's it's not about that. It's not yeah. about getting to a place. It's about having something here right now
2: mm-hmm. and
3: becoming the person you were meant to be.
2: Right, yeah. Which takes me to another another point that stuck out during your story of um, you said that you found purpose and that that was actually... More attractive to you than forgiveness, and so I also wonder how you would direct Christians or Christ followers yeah. um, in discovering their God-given purpose.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, I, the first thing I think I I would say is is that I went through stages of purpose, like like mm-hmm. when I found first found like purpose, it was like purpose. That was super sen- uh, selfish and super self-seeking and super mm-hmm. self-affirming. So yep. I think we all start there. Yep. Like, like no one wants to read a book on purpose to help someone else. <laughs> like, right. I mean,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
3: right. I mean this, let's just be honest. Like, yeah, we're like, yes, I want to fulfill your destiny. No, I want to fulfill my destiny.
2: Right. And right. so.
3: You know, no one's reading books about other people's destinies. So right. I think you, oh, we all start there and it's okay to start there. The problem is, is that when it comes to, you know, trying to have a destiny or a goal or a, or a vision of yourself and trying to accomplish that, you can accomplish that without God and be successful and all that. But when mm-hmm. you take purpose and you go, God, I want you to shape it. Mm-hmm. As soon as I think as Christ followers, as we try to do that, we have to fundamentally understand that now our purpose is, is not like, um, is not the end all. It is mm-hmm. the means to the end. Right. So right. it's like, like it's, our purpose is just, it's a means to God's end. Right. But I think with, with, sometimes with purpose, we go, no, no, no. God's purpose is a means to my end. Mm. Like, so God give me purpose, or God give me fulfill. I want to fulfill my destiny. Is God give me what you all that I need to fulfill my destiny, right? But if you go, it's not about my destiny, then that changes the conversation. Then it's right. like, well, I don't even know if I want to go hard after that because it's not my destiny. But right. I think, um, I think if when. You know, as followers of Christ, will we we understand like, hey, purpose is supposed to be, um, you know, what what benefits the kingdom, and and honestly, yes. what benefits the kingdom it benefits the humanity. So, mm-hmm. so if you can understand that, I think that would be a great
2: yeah part of
3: purpose. Um, I think
2: that's why at Collective we we distinguish kingdom purpose, like we don't mean like the right career path for you Mm -hmm. or what nonprofit you should start. What is it that God designed you to do to bring him glory and further the expansion of the kingdom on this earth? Mm -hmm. That that's the kind of purpose that we want to get after. And I love the way that you put that. If it's me centric, what is it? What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what?
3: I think I do think there is a way to combine both. Like, uh, Mm -hmm like a Venn diagram, kind of like with circles, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, you, you, there is a way to, I mean, that's what God designed us. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, like in with, in a way that we can do, kind of do both or uh, the magic is found in the both. Like, right. like what I mean by that is like, I, I think like people pursuing a purpose that's just about them, they don't understand. That's really not fulfilling.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah. It's still going like, to leave that's you That's not dry. even their
3: true purpose. Like, right. Like being human, it's like understanding being human, um, because you're human, you are predisposed. Predispos- dis-
1: Dispo- <laughs>
3: yeah, predisposition maybe <laughs> to, uh, to like benefit other people and be benefited by others. Like yeah. if you if you try to eliminate any one of those you cease becoming human
1: true mm-hmm. yeah
2: right cuz we were and
3: therefore you're not even fully alive
2: right so i don't know what
3: you are you are this 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 and we've seen this we've you've, this 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 legend this myth this person in history books that really wasn't even true mm. that people romanticized
1: yeah mm-hmm. so, wow. anyway that's good. This That's is so, so good. good. And as we wrap up here, what final word do you have that you feel like the Holy Spirit may be giving you for the church right now or maybe our listeners specifically or just kind of what is on your heart and mind right now?
3: Yeah, so I would say this. Um, I think that this is a great opportunity for people in this pandemic to really look at uh, what's going on in their faith. You know, for mm-hmm. some people, they feel that they're, they're losing their faith. And I think it's a really good place to be in a, a be in a, uh, a vantage point that you can actually see your faith being lost versus waking up to it being not there. So and true. so I think it's a great opportunity for people to like really lean into that and go, okay, what's going on with me? What's going on with me? Mm-hmm. What's happening with me? What's happening with me and God? Some people are so used to going to houses of worship and this is the time where you got to go, okay, but is my house a house of worship, you know? And so- some parents uh, right now, you know, though, you know, are trying to figure out okay, what is, how do I lead my my kids and my family in spirituality? Because the way I used to lead them is to go to church. Right and now, I gotta figure out what to do. And some are just insecure about it. Some are people. Some are just haven't done anything with it. They don't know what to do. And so I think it's really great because honestly, the teachings of Jesus were. And, and most of the scriptures were actually written to a people group that didn't and weren't allowed to meet whenever they wanted to meet and they couldn't this have group, large yeah. ga- gatherings. So and this faith is a faith that was, was built on and you know, it's founded on people who were oppressed and quarantined and people mm-hmm. who were didn't have all kinds of freedoms that we have right now and the luxuries mm-hmm. and the privilege to do what we want to do. So mm-hmm. I think this is great. I mean, I think if we lean into that, and then I think the other thing is, like, in Hebrews, um, it talks about uh, that Jesus is this particular kind of high priest, not a human one, but he's a high priest that is not, he's not like, he's not unaware, but he's actually very aware. He is, mm. he is very familiar with all our, all, all our shortcomings, and mm. uh, it says that he, has, he understands them, and because, because of that, he's also gone through them. And, and all that without sin. And then it says, you know, the, the most famous, one of the famous passages that talk about that, you know, therefore, let's go to the throne of God with boldness because it's the throne of grace and we'll receive mercy. So all that to say that Jesus in this time allows us, gives us permission to feel all the feelings, gives us, you know, the courage to confront them and, you know, like, and maybe even the, and not maybe, but the power to kind of process and work through them, so he, yeah so right now, I think people, if they allow themselves, give themselves to feel whatever, and that's the good thing about uh Jesus he's not insecure, and he doesn't need your approval, so that means he's okay with doubt and insecurity and weirdness and yeah. uh, uh, and passive aggressive comments, he's okay with any of those, everything you know <laughs> so he's good, yeah, so I think this is a great opportunity for people to really lean into it. And here's, I, I heard something from someone else, actually, uh, from a book called Trying Softer. Um, anyways, she, she, said, she said, if the bottom fell out today, how far would you fall?
2: Mm. Mm. Wow.
3: I think that's a great a way to evaluate where you are spiritually.
2: No doubt. Yeah. So. Wow.
3: I'd like to take credit for that, but I can't.
2: That's beautiful. I mean, I could, but... Yeah. You, but what, you were, what you were saying about the church reminds me of um, a talk that I heard from Joe Saxton this week on the Catalyst podcast, and it was titled Uncommon Fellowship, and, um, and then what you're saying about if, if the bottom falls out, how far will you fall? I'm just reminded of... Um, you know, what, what you're saying about people didn't go to church necessarily. They were Mm -hmm. separate and and quarantined and yet they were still reaching out. They were still looking to seek and, and go after lost people. Mm -hmm. And, um, the entire talk really challenged me. So I'd encourage you guys to go listen to it. I adore Mm Joe Saxon. She's wonderful. Um, yeah, but I think, um, when we do take time to reflect, I think a lot does come up about how insecure we are in our faith at times. When you said, you know, can't, are we believers all the time? I, I have these, I mean, I'm just going to be completely honest. I have these flashes of like, are we insane? Right. Do we actually buy this crap? Like,
3: Right. Sure. We
2: have to look like absolute idiots to mm-hmm. non-believers. And I'm, and I, you know, obviously my faith is secure and I do believe, and I've experienced, this was a, a conversation I had with a, a girl this week. I have experienced the presence of God. Naime, you for real, real experienced the presence of God. You know that this is real and true. And so if mm-hmm. you are struggling in your faith, if you listener feel like the bottom's falling out and that you're just in a free fall, his presence is what convinces us. Yeah. His presence is what brings yeah. us back to a yeah. place of belief. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we have to get after. Yeah. 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 I,
3: yeah. I mean, to that, I mean, I just, when you are saying that, I'll say this, like, you know, just those uh, talking about the resurrection story of uh, actually uh, um, L- uh, Lazarus, you know, how he was raised mm-hmm. from the dead. And what's, you know, if you read that again, I mean I read it uh and I was talking about it, uh I just realized something's is so so big that right now like God like God doesn't need our God doesn't need you to stand in faith like God doesn't need your faith for resurrection.
2: Wow, that's he, good. He doesn't yeah. he
3: he needs he just needs he just needs you to sit in his presence for a resurrection. I mean wow. when you look at the resurrection story with Martha and Mary the two same characters and then you play that out with them actually at the feast and when Martha and Mary was doing what they were doing. And you look at what's, what's happening in the story. There's so much going on. And again, those two are the only ones talking in that story of, of, uh, Lazarus. And again, the same thing happens there. Um, one gives them, gives Jesus just room and sits mm-hmm. and, and is on his feet and just goes, and one struggling with her faith
1: mm-hmm. and
3: one just gives him room to do, mm-hmm. to work. And, uh, and like the, the, that story freed us or freed me to go, you know, for God to raise, even to raise the dead, uh, the, the dead things in my life, he doesn't need faith for me. He needs room for me.
2: That's so good.
3: And that's enough because he, he didn't say, because you believe Martha, finally, I'm going to do this. <laughs> right. I mean, his prayer was even sarcastic. He was like, <laughs> God, you know me, you hear me. I'm just saying it for these jokers here. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, if we were to remove like our element of faith that God needs our faith to actually do anything. Right. That's just our insecurity talking.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So yeah. So, and that puts anyways. a
1: lot of pressure on us, right? Yes. Yeah. There's yeah. freedom and yeah. knowing we can release that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Yes. And thank yes, you for being course. with us today.
1: We of appreciate
2: course. you. You have an amazing story. You guys check Naeem out online in the show notes. You can find all the places where he is. You need to learn more about Mosaic. Go check out his art if you're in the Charlotte area. (laughs) And and say hi to your family,
1: Naeem.
3: Will do. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you. Thank you. What a powerful story of... (laughs) Experiencing the Lord for the first time, or I guess first experiencing darkness and oppression through that encounter with the demon and then the freedom. Yeah. You know, and I should have asked him this because when he was telling his story, he said he kind of thought the name of Jesus, like the Mm -hmm. name of Jesus came to his mind. And then as he was telling the story, he said right after that that that's when the evil dissipated and i was wondering right if he you know was just trying to sum things up quickly or if it was like the minute he thought the name of jesus mm. the darkness fled um maybe because it's, it's wild there's power in the name of jesus yes I mean, there just is speaking it thinking it mm-hmm. jesus already conquered darkness that's um, right and we you know, know i don't Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say we don't see the fullness of that yet. I think we've talked mm-hmm. about this on past episodes, just living in, like, the promises are fulfilled, but we don't see all the fulfillment yet. So right. we're in that kind of in-between time in history. Yes. But I tell you, right now, it seems like things are lining up. Yeah. I don't know that... Like, there's a lot going on in the world today. You just have to wonder like, Lord, are you, are you coming back soon? I know 2020 has
2: made me pray for Jesus to come back a yeah. lot more than any other year of my life. Yeah. You know, and so you talking about speaking the name of Jesus, I don't talk about this much because again, like what we were talking about, you know, be, you know, do we really believe all this? Are we crazy? That same sort of sentiment. Um, I I do have a pretty strong discernment bone um, for the supernatural and the supernatural realm. Um, I know I might sound kooky to some of you right now, but that's okay. It's like Naeem said, this is my story. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it seems, it seems over time, the one thing that can crush fear or that feeling of like there is there is an evil presence about me mm-hmm. somewhere something is trying to get close it can't and i know that i know that it can't but if the, as soon as i speak the name of jesus it's gone i can i mean it's so powerful and i, I learned that in um in kenya when i just i had a really terrifying night in my room mm. in the convent. And, um, and I just, the only thing that I could utter was the name of Jesus. And as soon as I did, the madness stopped. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful to know that and to like latch onto that tool. You guys have to know that there's power in the yeah. name of Jesus. I bet your, uh, your question is answered in Naeem's book called Ex-Muslim.
1: Yes. Yeah. We, we didn't get a chance to talk to him about that, but um, yeah. What is that tagline again?
2: So it's um, how one daring prayer to Jesus changed a life forever.
1: Oh my so, gosh. Yes. I'm going to uh, yeah. have to read that. We will link to that on the blog and the show notes. Um, yes. and, a quick and there are some, side you,
2: note, oh. I was going to say, if you search Naeem Fazel in YouTube, you can find lots of videos with him. Um, he's a gifted speaker, as I'm sure you noticed. And his story has been told a lot. So go check it out for different versions. What were you going to say, Jess?
1: Well, yeah, I'm glad you said that first because I was changing topics to plug our blog. Um, oh, we've yeah. been doing or our website. We've been doing a lot of work on making the episode posts on the website uh, much richer, and they have a lot more depth. They have detailed notes about the episodes with yep. kind of the themes and highlights, as well as videos of the recordings for most yes. of the episodes. It doesn't work yes. for every single guest, but we're trying to get those for everyone. Um, so check that out. Collectedministries.org is mm-hmm. our website. And the archives go back through every episode and every guest we've ever had on. Yeah. Um, so feel free to explore that if you want to take the podcast experience a little deeper.
2: Yes. And one last request of you guys. We said it at the beginning of the show. I want to reinforce it again now. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review those quick written... um accolades do so much for getting us into the algorithm especially in itunes Mm -hmm. so the more you you say the more of you that say something the more people will find us and Mm -hmm. so we would really appreciate your written review and if you don't have time for that at least give us the little five star rating um when you when you come into your podcast app and uh, feel free to share as well. Forward your emails if you're on the email list. If you're not on the email list, why are you not in the email list? You can get these right in your inbox yeah. and link straight to the video um, and to the blog post that Jess was just speaking about. So,
1: And when yeah. you join our email list, you get a free downloadable... Um, That's right. What is it? What do you call it? I forget. It's something it's that you the made. Kingdom it's beautiful. culture. No, your um, Kingdom culture PDF. Oh, that's
2: right. Yeah. And you yeah, subscribe yeah. You,
1: on the website to join the email list. Yes. You get yes. The, the free resource. It's an article.
2: Yeah. An article that's called. Um, barriers to kingdom culture and how to tear them down so essentially it's you know what what kingdom culture should look like and the things that can kind of get in the way so we have symptoms and remedies Mm -hmm. we're not just trying to look at what's wrong but usher in what's right so yeah
1: so check that out sounds good well thank you for listening again this week we love you all and um, reach out to us anytime we love you bye guys
0: Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. The Collected Podcast is also on Patreon at patreon.com slash thecollectedpodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive contests, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected podcast is recorded and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf
3: Alon.